And welcome everybody to Van Chat number 33. So uh, we are doing our Sunday Van Chat. Got Bob here from Canada. Thanks for jumping in. I'm glad to be here, man. We're running it live on the YouTube like normal and simulcasting it over at gunchannels.com, which is a cooler place to watch it. We can post links over there and people can jump in if they want. But we'll pay attention to the YouTube site as well. We like to consider these things an effort in new media. So being the audience isn't just sitting there. It's hopefully being part of the conversation. So you're welcome to join in. Um, I'm kind of restructuring the show here. I've been farting around with the podcast, debating whether or not to put these on iTunes. There's a little bit of cost involved and, you know, just wondering and uh, in the process, restructuring them a little bit. Easy enough to set up a spreadsheet and throw some topics in there. So that's what I'm going to do. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Then uh, we'll start talking about the 2018 tour. We'll spend the show mostly talking about those two things. But I'm going to start a couple of new features. We'll start talking about some gear each show just to talk about it and look back at some old videos and have some other stuff, you know, topics for discussion. And then we're going to start featuring some of the other channels on the YouTubes and blogs and podcasts and anything else we can find out there. Maybe even old magazines because I kind of like looking at old you know, car magazines. But we'll feature some other channels that are out there talking about vans and hopefully get them on. Bob and I were talking about trying to maybe get people on. Uh, we've been trying to talk about it on the other podcast also, but uh, on this one, you know, it'd be interesting to talk to people who are either living in vans or souping up vans. How cool would it be to, we didn't talk about it, but have somebody on who does like four by four conversions or something and what's involved. Oh yeah. The the real um, kind of off-road explorer type vans or oh, what are they called nowadays? I don't know, but like ruggedizing one and just making oh, it for expedition. expedition vehicle type stuff. They're like a, you know, some of them are cube vans, but they're, they're vans made to go on the rough roads like you know kind of moderate jeep roads and get you really out there but yet with your with your home with you kind of thing yeah without an rv but with just that yeah that much stuff well yeah and then um i don't know again we'll leave that kind of open and uh we'll dig into it so i've got some topics in here i went around looking on the internet like i like to do and uh tried to find van, van chat topics, and that didn't seem to find anything. But it did find an interesting site that uh, I think it was like 500 conversation starters. So I went to the travel section of that, and I warped some of the questions into van specific, or at least driving around in a van type of specific. Uh, so we'll have a bunch of interesting topics coming up on those, kind of have a portion of the show where we just talk, kind of ch chat, right? That's what it's all about. Uh, then we'll have another topic each day or each sh uh, show where we'll talk about uh, projects and reviews and that kind of thing. Or I guess it's reviews. So uh, places we've been and stuff that we've used and that kind of thing. And then we'll have a section on projects and talk about some of those different projects I've been talking about. And uh, if we get other people on, that's one of the things I'm looking into is having other people on who own vans. I know Bob's got his uh, camper van. Pink's got his camper van. As you guys do projects, hopefully we'll feature some of those as well. And if we can attract some other people who own vans to come in. I know Cycle Camp has a minivan or something. He might have some insight. And uh, 
again, anybody else out there who might own a van that wants to get in and chat about stuff that's specific to vans. And, uh, you know, we're not cars and we're not pickup trucks, really. And uh, we're not quite campers. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. I don't know what else yeah, to talk about. Camper oh, van yeah. in some cases. Like mine's a, what we, you could consider a camper van. Um, well, I don't know. I'd call it period. A camper van I consider like a conversion where they puff it out. But it's not anywhere near as big as yours yet, but you can almost stand in it. Or sometimes short people can stand in Mine looks like a van on the front. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got a van chassis, but you definitely have a camper. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I think what I'm thinking of as a camper van would be more like the... Look like uh, a class B, I think it's called. Yeah, it's it's a camper body still, or not a camper body, a, a van body, but it's got all the amenities. Right, they'll sometimes the camper the roof up a little bit, on a TV or a radio up there, and a little bit with skylights, and then have the the windows back and the nice chairs and stuff. But conversion van. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you got the, the top and maybe an air conditioner up there or something. Stuff like that, sure, yeah. Okay. And that's, I guess, one of the things, too, is that though, having to a conversion van, I don't think of, like, a second air conditioner up on the roof or nothing, maybe just a second air conditioner unit in there, just same as a passenger van. Whereas you get into a camper, and it's got a kitchen and a bathroom and a bedroom and doors and a generator and all that stuff. Well, those conversion camp vans do now have that, right? Because people are using those sprinters, which is still a van, right? It's still the van body. But then, yeah, they'll put a, there will be a, you know, roof vents in it. There might be a solar panel on the roof. They might also, like I say, in a lot of cases, they will have a small air conditioning unit up there. Um, just because it's, it's space they can use, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, those kind of vehicles, I mean, that's that to me is still a van. I think we're going to see a lot more, more of them as they become more common. They're very common in Europe. I hope they start getting, you know, and still have yeah. good and then, yeah, see a lot more of them on the secondary market, I guess. For sure. I mean, that's the big thing is they've got diesel engines usually. Uh, a lot of them are, are like a small diesel, very fuel efficient, very reliable. Um, when you do start having problems, that's when you start getting into cost. But, I mean, yeah, I think they're an excellent uh, conversion thing to start with, especially if you want to do your own. Like, which is kind of what we're talking about. I mean, I'm going to do a bunch of customization to my RV, but I eventually like to get one. But they're like $30 to get one. They are, um, but like they're coming down in price as they become more common, right? Because you can get a lot of fleet ones. And that's basically what we were talking about. We're talking about converting them into, into you know, uh, long duration trips and stuff like uh, tours. So Scott's on the on the gun channel side saying the, the they were talking about VW vans. I'm a big fan of VW camper vans. We had one when I was a kid, and we used to go around dead shows in it. And then uh, I don't know if my friend kept it or not. I think he probably did. But um, those things would be worth a ton now. It was a stupid 80s one, too. But um, I've always liked them. Uh, not, not so much the new ones, but they're growing on me. From what I understand, that all-wheel drive one is pretty rugged. It can pretty much go anywhere. They, they cost a... Ten, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars, easily. Yeah, uh, that's the problem. But Scott's saying they're death traps. No power steering, no power brakes. Scary to drive. Skinny tires. I guess that's yeah, the the older ones were. I mean, they were any any of the older V dubs were 
terrifying to drive, really. They were fine if you like driving something like that. But yeah, they they were. I don't know. We drove that thing in the worst of snow, I think, and in the deserts and all over the place. That thing across the country, all over the back and forth in Maine. Well, at least it doesn't. You can take those Volkswagen, those Volkswagen, just the rear wheel drive, rear engine Volkswagen buses. They will basically go almost anywhere. Um, they're they're ones, far the more awesome. They're far more capable than a standard van as far as off road stuff goes. But yeah, they're underpowered. Did you just say they're like a unibody, right? They're like a giant piece of aluminum can instead of a regular frame. Oh, yeah, I think they are. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know a lot about them. But anyway, they're out of my price range at this point. Back when I was first moved out to Arizona, I probably could have acquired one easily, easily, and farted around with it and probably sold it for a good amount of money as a profit, but I never thought about that. And I just never did. They're not quite big enough. You know, they're small. They were fun, but, I would, you know, for me, I'd rather. Yeah, big disadvantage. It's fine if you're 20 years old and you just want, like, a, a platform to back to sleep on and, you know, you got a little camp stove and... You know, you're gonna you're eat. Not insulating. If you do, you're making it into a little cubby hole. Yeah, you're, you're eating ramen noodles every night, stuff like that. But yeah, it's pooping in a plastic bag. Not for me. So I see wheelchairs over on the uh, YouTube side. Nobody else saying anything over there. Only got three likes over there, so I don't know what's going on. A bunch of criminals watching. Only seven people watching tonight. So probably because other things happening in the world. But at least this is an alternative for people that aren't interested in that crap. And, you know, people are going to watch this after the fact, I suppose. But I'm going to say let's keep digging in and talk about the big topic, 2018 tour. I'm going to move everything over so we can do some screen sharing here. Uh, but I guess in the meantime, we'll uh, mention again that I'm going to be doing sort of a, just a general topic of conversation uh, for the first segment of the show. So we've got things like awe-inspiring locations you might have driven to, uh, the most relaxing part of van travel, uh, van traveling in different countries, uh, good tour locations, you know, like where's a good place to take a drive or drive to to be able to take a scenic drive. There's some of those I know of, like, I think they just call them driving tours. But there's a couple of those around the country that I can think of. It'd be neat to find out more of those. Um, where to go next. The most overhyped place. So if you can think of thing, topics like that, feel free to email them to me at, uh, I guess, gunwebsites at gmail.com. And uh, again, we're trying to keep this as a conversation more than just, uh, you know, a show lecture. Okay, yeah. So uh, um, if you got ideas you want to throw them out tonight, feel free. And uh, I guess I'm supposed to be moving stuff over here so that we can start screen sharing and we'll start talking about the tour. So, you've been around for a while. Uh, you watched last tour, or part of it in a big lot of ways. So, uh, just to start out, while I'm flipping screens around here, do you have any ideas for the 2018 tour, Bob? Um, other than I think, like when it starts to get closer to summer, you should start heading further north. Uh, just if nothing else, for the weather. Um, but yeah, I'd, you know, I think. Uh, Probably the West Coast, like you get up into the Washington area, but uh, even just along, you know, Montana and places like that, there's some really beautiful country there. Um, so that's what I was kind of thinking is, is uh, for the 
you know the later part of the of it which you know makes sense right you're going to be going up there later when it's getting really hot that's probably one of the better places to be as far as for comfort well, i hear that i'm not against the idea of getting the hell out of here when it's hot um so i started looking around a little bit to i don't think i can keep that dang it but um i started to look around at the events that are coming up on my calendar and then places i want to go and one of the places I do want to get to is Cody, Wyoming. Like you said, to get away from me and to get to someplace I haven't been in a while. Um, mm. Up here by the uh, Yellowstone, kind of, is Cody. Yep. And uh, that's where the, uh, I think it's just called the Cody Museum. And uh, there's a museum up there, the Buffalo Bill. That's what it is, center of the West. And it'd be neat to get up there. I got an invite to um, tour it, so that would be cool. So then, how do I make this thing? Yeah. Give me directions now. Anyway, so um, and that would definitely get me north, right? So I was talking to them at the show, and they talked about a, a gun show up there. So that's where I started to work off of that so these little areas are items on the calendar so i just have a bunch of dates going down the left side of the screen here i don't know if you can see that okay yeah screen share so yep. that's the year coming up up through i guess that's the year there and i got a bunch of them that are you know worth seeing or whatever that are on the agenda some of them are more than others but um when i started thinking about going to cody and thinking about when their gun shows are it's, it's wyoming so they don't have very many gun shows and it looks like they have a big span in the middle of the year where they don't have any gun shows so um let's see how did it work out we've got uh big sandy that's in arizona so that's easy we got wanamaker coming up in april that should be a big event with all the gun channels people and then it looks like the weekend after is a big gun show in, man, I guess in Powell? It can't be right. I think it's in Laramie. It's in Powell, Wyoming. What the hell is Powell, Wyoming? Lake Powell, maybe? Well, you know, if, if come fall, you're somewhere up uh, in the, you know, North or South Dakota area, when I start heading down. This ain't fall. This is. No, this will still be summer. Yeah. But I'm saying like when it gets close to fall, if you're still touring up there, we can meet up. At... April, dude. What are you talking about? Well, yeah. I wish it'd be, I could hang around from April till fall. <laughs> anyway, so Powell, I hear what you're we're talking about April now, realistically, not theoretically what's happening in the fall so we're talking wanamaker is in april uh so i'd be over here in tulsa right i could theoretically head over this is yeah. already after dragon man's open so i could do a similar route or some route back to colorado springs check out dragon man then go north thing is there's only a week in between there so i'd have to kind of boogie uh, I don't know if there's a way to boogie another way. But anyway, let's keep going. So that would be a concept. It would be to go to Tulsa and then head up to Wyoming, 
uh, go to that gun show, which is in Powell. So it turns out that Powell is right up there by Montana. So it's right near Cody. Like oh, literally sure. close as you can get without being in the same town. Yeah. And only a couple of gun shows in Wyoming. Uh, that's the one. And then the next one would be in June. And that's not really around anything. Then there's another one in the end of June. And there's one in July or something. Anyway, so I was thinking go to Wanamaker and then head north and head up to Cody. And then if I'm heading up to, how do I make this thing start doing directions? There we go. So if I start out in Tucson, go to Powell. No, actually, I'd be going to Tulsa. in a different order, then head to that Powell, Wyoming. Uh, it looks like that takes me through Colorado, and then I would come back through Salt Lake City, right? County Museum and all that. Yeah. And then come back to Tucson. Mm -hmm. So that turned into 3,500 miles, and some of it I've been to before. It would take me potentially some weird route through Kansas. Have I been in Nebraska before? Yeah, I've been in Nebraska. So I could go through Nebraska, maybe. Yeah, Nebraska is kind of interesting. It's it's different. Yeah, but I've never been north of Colorado Springs, so I could also go to Denver, and it looks like it wouldn't be that hard to take a jog down to Dragon Man's way on the outside of town over here. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to look at it. It's not, if it's not that many miles, like, eh. No, not in the 30. It's definitely, definitely worth seeing. I'm, I'm thinking of figuring out if I can hit it on my way down to Arizona when I come this in the fall. Dragon Man? Yeah. Oh, dude, you have yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I figure. So anyway, this is looking at 3,500 miles worth of driving plus. Salt Lake City would be nice. The last time I went to Salt Lake City, the only time I've been to Salt Lake City was in an airplane, and we had a rental, but not the same as when you're driving around, you know, without time constraints or anything. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen this viral jetty? No. Some artist took a bunch of dirt and turned it into a like a piece of art you can see from space, I guess. Hmm. Remember exactly where it is. Never heard of it. It's on Salt Lake. Anyhow, so um, I guess I should jump back over to the chat, see if anybody's seen anything. Stop by and harass Yankee. Said so I'd be going way north. Uh, wheelchair saying he's listening but driving. So I, I've attempted to actually go and harass Yankee on my way down. But I actually have to go, if I want to stay in the States to go visit him, I have to actually go south in order to get to him because otherwise I have to go all the way to BC and then there's all kinds of issues with uh, permits, firearms permits and stuff. So it's not worth it. I decided to look for this thing, and now I can't find it. It drives me nuts. I thought you could see it from space pretty Well, you know, space doesn't really exist. There it is. I guess it's a lot smaller than I thought. Anyway, this, this is a weird thing that somebody stuck out there. I don't uh, know if you 
we'll let you throw a little guy out here. Oh yeah, look at this. There's a three sixty up. Just somebody piled rocks. Yeah, but you know how that gets bigger, and sometimes when it's fuller, there, you know, the water's right around them. Hmm. Anyway. Oh, jetty. There you go. So uh, that's what I'm thinking as part of the tour. Then uh, heading up to Cody. And that would be the question if I'm driving around all that far anyway. Is it going to keep my map? Yeah. Do I uh, add, I don't know, let's put Seattle in here, right? And then I guess that would be here. Or maybe I'd kill Salt Lake City after all that. Get rid of Salt Lake City and make that Vegas. That adds a thousand miles to it, except I'd probably want to go down into uh, at least Portland, right? Yep. Right there. So now I'm at oh five thousand. I don't touch California, so I could bring guns. That would certainly be because I hadn't been before. This yeah, would be true. This I'd been, but I got a tip from. Somebody the other day in the Gun Channel's chat to go to Clovis and check out a gun shop there that's cool. And it turns out that when we were BSing about that, so you've taken Clovis before? When you went to Roswell, more than likely, where's Roswell? When you go to Roswell, more than likely, yeah. Clovis and then Armadillo. Yeah. So if you go straight to Clovis right here and take a left and go to this Air Force Base, what do you think's on this Air Force Base? I don't know. That's where they make AC-130 attack helicopter. Or attack oh, helicopter. really? AC-130 yeah. gunships? Yeah. Yeah, that's that cool. yeah, how cool would that be? Spookies. Well, they used to be called spookies. Now they're <coughs> or something. Yeah, so anyway, I could move that line over to Clovis easily enough. And then aside from that, all this stuff I've seen before, but I did not get a good picture of the van with these Cadillac Ranch. You've been there before? Yeah, where all the Cadillacs are stood up. Yeah, I didn't think it was a big deal. You mean you can't drive out there, but it would be possible, I guess, to do something. And then, have you been to the other one? The what? Well, this one is on the, what do you call it, like the west side of Armadillo. You go to the other side, about as far over on the other side. And somewhere in here, there's the Bug Ranch. And they took a bunch of VW, flipped them over. No, I haven't heard that. Yeah, haven't seen that. No, not gonna show it to me, I guess. But um, anyway, I've read everything I've done before. But then go to Tulsa, and then it looks like it would take me straight the hell out of Tulsa. Or no, I go back over to Oklahoma City almost. So that means I could go to Tulsa. Actually, I could take my time getting to Tulsa. There's nothing in front of Tulsa. So I could take my time and go to Oklahoma City again. I didn't really get to do the Cowboy Museum justice, so I wouldn't mind hanging out there for a bit and then uh, checking out the uh, is it 45th Infantry again. Right down the street from the two. And then uh, get over to Tulsa. Looks like it's got me somewhere in here, too. Remember, uh, we've talked about it before. 
just north of Tulsa somewhere up here is a town where all the lead from World War II came from. And it's like yeah. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like yeah. It's one was one was one of the biggest lead mines mm -hmm. in the world, and literally got stripped out. And then, of course, the price of lead went down after the war. And uh, yeah, it just went belly up. It was getting so expensive to pull lead out. Was I thought the show made it sound like uh, it was dead because of poisoning? Well, I mean that was part of the problem. Is like everybody was dying, but. You know, that's poisonous and everything. And then they found out they could buy it overseas. <laughs> Cheaper than paying the health bills. Oh, I gotta go let my dog out. Hang on. All right, I'm gonna look for this lead town. Lead, South Dakota? No, lead, Oklahoma. Anybody in the chat knows about what we're talking about? What city is that? And I'll look for it. Uh, let's see, nothing's happened on the gun channel side, so I guess uh, nobody's over there anymore. And herder, I don't know what that is. So I guess it's uh, just me and Bob again. So lead Oklahoma. Oh yeah, here we go. Is a ghost town of former city Ottawa County, Oklahoma. This is a major. Yeah, this is definitely what I'm looking for. Holy moly, are those all lead holes? Look at all them lead holes. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going here. So this is called Pitcher, Oklahoma. How is it? Oh, there's north of Winnedote. That's where uh, my friend's at. So that's up here a little bit. And it's a little bit further over here. It is so pitcher. Looks like we're going way up there. That's not too far out of the way, really. Okay, I'm back. Puppy had to go outside. Yeah, I found it. It's P I C H. Let's do that P. All right, so I'm putting pitcher Oklahoma in here, and that'll be right after Tulsa. And what did that do? Barely negligible. So here, this I found the town here, Bob. You watching my screen? You can already yes. see it. Yeah. Look at all that. Ooh, look at all that. What is it? I think that's all the lead from when they dug all that lead up. Well, that'd be the tailings, maybe. Yeah. It says picture is a ghost town in former city. This is a major national center of lead and zinc mining in the heart of the tri-state district. So that's just a ton of lead holes. Wow. You can see him from space. Looks like there's a bunch over here too, but definitely more right in this area. So it yeah. didn't end the trip. Um, when you come out of Tulsa, it was going to have me go over here and around the Osage Reservation. It just takes me to the other side of the Osage Reservation and then into mm -hmm. Kansas and go to Wichita. Oh, Jackson. Cool. So find out about that. I don't know if I've ever been there before. I think I just drove straight across Kansas one time. No, I didn't. I must have drove. Oh, I got a trust. I must have drove this way before. So anyway, it'll take Kansas. I ain't been to, and then I could probably make that thing hit to Colorado Springs easy enough. I won't put it in here because it'll only give me ten locations. But if I was to do this, that would get me to that Powell, Wyoming for this show. That would give me one, two, three, four days. 
is April 9th a Monday? April 9th is a Monday. So that would give me one, two, three, four days to get to there. Is that realistic? Let's see. Let me just do it on this map, I guess. What's the name of the account? Powell. Quite a lot of Powells out there. Five hours and 40 minutes? No, that's on an airplane. Okay. 17 hours. So 17 hours in, what did I say, like four days, five days? I think that's doable. It's like three hours a day, right? I don't know if you're muted or you're gone again. Uh, still nothing on the gun channel side. I guess they've all checked out. Picture Oklahoma as a contaminated wasteland. Yeah, that's why I want to go there. I want to see the lead mines. Get lead poisoning, probably. I don't know what happened to Bob. He's either saying stuff or he's gone still with the dog. But no, um, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I, 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 I you know, lead is not as dangerous as everybody thinks. Well, it will be if I'm going around tasting it, I suppose. But I'm just going to go look at it and get pictures of the van there. There's no kid my age who didn't have a mouthful of pellets, lead pellets, when they were shooting their pellet guns at gophers. Well, anyway, what we're looking at here is it's 17 hours between. Tulsa and that, that place in Wyoming for the gun show and, mm -hmm. and what, three hours three hours three hours that's nine 12 how many hours is it that's 17 so I'd need to do four 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 it'd be 16 nope that wouldn't even do it I'd have to do five hour days or a 10 hour day thing is I don't think that's a good idea to do it that way because or schedule it that way because it's probably smarter to look at like try to leave Tulsa and get to Colorado Springs and then spend a day, right? And then haul ass, you know, to Casper or something and then spend a day mm -hmm. or whatever. Or I mean, figure figure I mean the maximum you want to drive in a day is gonna be eight hours, really. Realistically. No, because I'm not a that's the no, thing. I mean, like eight hours actually driving. You're, no, you're actually gonna, no. Realistically, I want to be somewhere and be at Dragon Man. And if it takes a 10-hour day, just a day of driving, I don't need to take two days to get there. I only have five days to get across from Tulsa to Wyoming. So I'm saying... 10 hours, yeah. Okay, 10 hours. But I, I really wouldn't push it over 10 hours. I've done it, and it's not good. It's not safe. That's my thing. Anyway, so I think I could realistically or at least potentially get to there but then that's what i was going to find out is if i were to keep going so that would be here in april then i would spend a day or two at the museum so it'd be april 18th that i'd be leaving powell and then let's go from powell to seattle now there's no I mean, unless I find out about a gun show or something up in Seattle, there's no time frame here. So now it's 13 hours worth of driving. It is the 18th. So now I'm thinking more like your theory there, your philosophy of not pushing it. So then if I were to drive uh, 
four hours a day. That would give me time to fart around and do work in the afternoons and stop at gun shops, right? Oh, yeah. So four hours a day, that would be four days. That would take 16 hours to get there. It would be four days to get there. Yeah. So now that would be one, two, three, four, and I'd be in Seattle potentially somewhere in here. And I don't know what to do in Seattle. I haven't been there in a long time. Apparently, there's a lot to do. Yeah, well, let's say three days in that area. But there's lots of vegan restaurants. Well, if I got money for it. But let's drop this Powell out of here now and turn that into Portland. That's just like a half an hour drive from him, right? That's not too long. Two hours. So I guess I could just say Seattle to Portland. Whatever, a few days up there. So now I'm in the middle of April, in the end of April. And then what? I need to come back from. I don't need that marker there at all. I would come back from Portland. Hmm. I would rather go to Salt Lake City. I've been to Vegas like a thousand times. I'm gonna see what happens if I make this Salt Lake City again. Okay. What was it before? Oh, I might as well change it now. So it's 4,900 miles if I do it this way. I mean, it's only 200 miles difference. Okay, so now I'm coming back and I'm missing Nevada. Holy moly. So now I'm hitting twice. I'm hitting Washington and Oregon. I could probably... Is there a way to fart around Oregon a different way, or is that it? Oh, yeah, you could fart around Oregon different ways. So I could go down by Haas or whatever and find out whatever else is good to do in Oregon. And then if I was to go from Portland to Salt Lake City, they're saying that's 11 hours. Is there anything to see in between there? Oh, yeah, I'd want to go to Boise and Twin Falls, right? So I might want to take... What, again, four hours a day would make that four days, five days even. So leave Portland, one, two, three, four, five. Uh-oh. If I do that, I'm in Salt Lake City two days before NRA. That's perfect. Spend a day there. <laughs> Salt Lake City, and i got to be in Dallas three days later. <laughs> yeah. Salt Lake City to Dallas is how long. Nineteen hours. I guess I could call and ask and fiddle this around a little bit, and then be in Dallas. I could well, kill time and move this up, and then move this up a day. Yeah, or if you could get somebody to volunteer to be a co-driver to go there, maybe they wanted to go to it too, right? No. <laughs> Not interested in that though. That would be weird and way more weirdness that I'd want to driving around with somebody. <laughs> uh, let's, Mike saying if I drive from Walla, Washington, I don't want a burger I'm about shooting. Where the hell is Walla, Walla, Washington? I've heard of it. You know where it's at? Walla, Walla, Washington? Not really. No, it's way down here in the bottom right, trying to act like Oregon. 
down the southwest or southeast. Oh, thanks for the uh, super chat there. I don't know if this channel's ever had a super chat before. I think we might have had a couple. Remember that, uh, what do you call it? YouTube's taking 17% of that. We also have gear websites and other things, but I do appreciate it. Although, do eat a burger, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, you can knock out 800 miles in a day easy. I'd have to go look, and that's one of the things I'll check out. But this is sort of the idea of this brainstorming. We get a little bit of feedback there, Bob. And again, if anybody's on the channel side, you're all asleep. Actually, there's only potatoes out there. But if you want a link, let me know. Otherwise, uh, if you're on the YouTube side, uh, gun channel's back. So um, this is a good way to sketch it out, though, because now that I've been doing this, it looks like I could leave potentially beginning of April and head off and be at the uh, NRA show in May. And then if I'm in Dallas in May, right? Let's go over here to Dallas and then go to, I think it's just called Knob Creek, right? Dallas to Knob Creek is only six, 12 hours away. So I'm just, yeah, this. once again, reminding you, you know, don't push too hard, right? You, it's, it's not fun if you've got to drive till you're exhausted every night or even three nights in a row and then you go to a thing. Okay, are you paying a couple days? 12 hours. Well, I am. I am. 12 hours. Well, in, that's not even three hours a day right there. None of this is three hours a day. The only leg of the thing that's any rush at all is between Tulsa and the gun show. Okay. And that if I want to go spend some time in Denver, or I mean in Colorado Springs, which I would. So basically all that was was like if I've got whatever it was, five days to get between the two, that I would haul ass to Colorado Springs, spend a day there, and then haul ass. And then the rest of this is barely three or four hours a day. This was nothing. This was like being on vacation because I'm only driving two and a half hours in three or four days. So I'd have all kinds of time in that area. But it does look like I could push a little bit. And instead of putting Tucson on here, put Dallas. And now it's going off. And now it's a 5,000 mile trip. And like That's I'm saying. Nice round number though. Yeah. I don't go home from Dallas and I go to Knob Creek. You know what it is, not there. It is so. Uh, let me add another destination. If I try to come home from there, and Knob Creek was in May, then I'm heading home from Knob Creek to Tucson. That is 25 hours, so that's probably. Again, at what, three hours a day? That would be 10 days in rough estimates or whatever. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So that'd get me home at the end of May if I wanted to trek out Knob Creek and all the stuff that would be in between that crazy 8,000 mile tour right there. So I think it. That would be something. I did 11 last time. The regular two. I thought it was eight. I thought it was eight thousand. That's what I'm looking. I keep thinking eleven, but I think that's when I count 
everything in 2017 because I went to it was 9,000 miles. So 9,000 in uh, last year, this would be another 8,000 right there. And I'd still want to go to Bannerman later in the year. So this would get me home in May. And then I could start thinking about going to Bannerman before, oops, before uh, got too hot. October when they close it down. Because I got, if that gets me still getting to be like 80, 90 here, then I'm going to be, I don't want to be here when it's 100. I'm not interested in that. So I could go to uh, Bannerman when it gets hot here in July, come home in May, stick around for June and get ready for July, leave, go to Bannerman, and then uh, go to the Gun Rights Policy Conference on the way home from Bannerman. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then that could potentially be some kind of uh, Tucson Island <clears throat> and then Chicago. So Bannerman Castle really needs a good uh, helicopter tour or a 3D helicopter tour, like a drone tour or whatever. Right. Just and I get ready for that to prepare for it. And then however the hell I want from Chicago. There's like a million ways to go from Chicago to Tucson. Oh, hell yeah. That could be where I put a Wisconsin up in there. This is where I used to go, somewhere up here. So I'm just going to say or. Or Minnesota. See what happens if I did that. That would turn it into another 6,000 miles, but that'd be a cool trip. Yeah, too true, man. That would be 86 hours of driving. So again, four hours a day would be uh, 20 days, 25 days. Yep. Well, that would get the fuck out of there during September and all that. Or... July and September. So there's some ideas for the uh, Gun Show Loophole Tour. I think I will uh, try to um, post some of that stuff over on the website and start looking more if the numbers actually work out, if the dates and stuff all work out. No, for sure, yeah. And, there, you know, you can always, it, it'll be in constant tweaking, right? I've got Mob Creek here on May 13th, so let's double check on that. What did you say, Bob? Sorry, I was reading and talking right then when you said that. Oh, yeah. No, I, say, yeah. I mean, this is a work in progress. It'll be constantly being tweaked. Make it, you know, more efficient. So this is wrong. Huh. It's the same weekend as all that other shit. So that means I wouldn't go to Knob Creek at all, and I would be back more like a couple of five days after Dallas. And that would take quite a bit of miles off of this, kill Knob Creek. Now it's down to 6,000 something miles. 
Yeah, it's still a good trip though, and you're not rushing as much. I'm not rushing anywhere, yeah. Like I said. Um yeah, thanks for that. Didn't realize I had the wrong thing in there. It's because I was doing it at like 2 a.m. when we were in the live chat. I was trying to be productive and uh, must have been cross-eyed from sleeping, from being sleepy. Yeah, that happens. That's a weird-looking map, though. Wheelchair saying uh, did a 16-foot trip. Yeah, I hear you. But like Bob said, you're not doing this just to... Get to, well, sometimes I am just trying to be in another place, but uh, for the most part, that doesn't do much. It's not like uh, there's any, there's no uh, profit, I guess. There's no like, there's no point in just being in places at different times. The whole real concept of the tour is to drive and check out gun shops that we checked out, and that didn't work when we were trying to drive eight hours a day. So, too many events, too many destinations with a date pinning them down was counterproductive really to the coal. So uh, I'll continue to hash this one out and uh, it looks like it could it could work out. I could leave here, go to Tulsa and do a pretty long trip and then be back, uh, go to Dallas for NRA <coughs> and then come back. So um, well, one, one thing, I would like to get the cards, the trading cards printed for uh, gun channels before so maybe in Tulsa here in Dallas on the way to Tulsa so that I would have them for Tulsa basically at least that would be the goal and that wouldn't really take me through Clovis I guess but it looks like I could drop down no what is this oh I could hit Clovis on the way back to Dallas when I come back to Dallas for NRA so that might work out uh, that brought it to 6,500 miles, but who cares? So if that works, then I could pick up the Gun Channel's trading cards, then go to Tulsa, then do a bit of a tour, check out the museum there, and there's got to be some other stuff to look at up there, then come back down. Like I say, I'll sort that out more. Yep. Coming up to here, one of the things we're going to be doing each week, too, is checking out some gear. So this is from Abidjia from back in the day. Actually, I think this is from a while ago. This is from uh, four, 2014. But it's a uh, bag that I like a lot. I use it every time I go out. It's an ATS RAID 2. This isn't what I have in my bag. This is what dude has in his, but uh, this is a bag that I use. Whatever. Here and take a quick look. That's nice. These side compression straps have ITW uh, web dominators on them to manage all that. Got two slash pockets on the side here. So a web dominator is so that you, when you've got like a cinch strap like that, right? Whenever you've got something like a compression strap and it's going to, you know, you're going to yank on it and it's going to compress to the whatever's in your bag kind of thing. Uh, you're going to have that strap flopping around, you know, the mm -hmm. part pulled. This basically winds that up with 550, like shot cord, really, elastic, with a mm -hmm. little elastic so that once you've 
like cinched it to wherever you want you just roll that thing up and it's like wrapping a rubber band it's like permanently attaching a rubber band to your strap so that you can keep it tidy all the time and that's what a web dominator is Interesting. They're really and worth getting. Water That's why I like that pack. It's just got two big pockets on the side like that that are fairly loose. down to Sierra Vista that time and we're driving around looking at gun shops and stuff I went to that surplus store and they gave me that pair of pants there was a set of pockets I got a pair for nothing or a set of these things for nothing The airplanes, I guess. We've used them some. Like, uh, somebody will be glassing and somebody's walking around somewhere. And, uh, like, where the hell are you? I'm like, come by the big tree. Like, what the fuck? So you can take that thing and wave it around and, you know, kind of show where you're at. Just stick it on a pole or something, stick it up in the air. Is it that noticeable? Like, is this something just stands right in up the, in the desert? I like a big piece of pink flapping around. Yeah, you'd see it. Oh yeah, yeah. Good point. I mean, during daylight, you know. I mean, at night, I guess it's reflective for the IR and the heat stuff. It probably catch that camera stuff yeah. roll up. And that's the thing. Most of the time out here, they're not using visual. They're they're using some sort of a, you know, optical something to look for your heat or something. So they'll they'll probably well, see. The of them now right i mean like like i say it's it's cheap on the commercial market to get like infrared and i mean yeah all right so so on the straps have a little uh mm mdom gps pouch pretty well protects the front of the thing here you can just undo that zipper and it flips out so you can actually use it while you're walking around. Imagine that time your chest. Only thing it kind of lacks is like a little Velcro or something to just flip up and keep it. You have to, but it's not really difficult. You can still take one hand and just kind of pull the zipper up. Uh, pretty handy little little thing. You can also take it off real easy if you want to move it. It's just a Velcro strap here and it's also Molly capable there. But anyway, it holds a, a radio and a GPS. why i like the raid packs because they just open 100 percent like this i don't know what that's called but they just the whole thing opens it's not like stuff so, from the yeah. 
Yeah, I got a mechanics tool pack like that. Oh, mechanics tools and stuff. It's really handy. Start with some of these small pouches. Has some Blue Force gear. This is uh, by SR25 10 speed mag pouch. So I can put either an M4 mag or a SR25 mag in there. If it's so that thing's pretty cool. Those 10-speed pouches are just a piece of elastic that fit on Molly, and they're useful for everything. Like anything you can jam in there, they just hold it tight. They're really cool. Both. On this side, don't have anything right now. Little uh, Blue Force gear. What do they call this? Helium Whisper, like general purpose pouch, the small one, I guess. Open that up. So obviously you can access that from just opening the top of the pack here. But uh, we'll just kind of flip it up like that to look at what's inside here. So it's just kind of like quick get-to stuff to use. Got five-hour energy, flip bar, some uh, goo, Kleenex, little, uh, more little snack stuff. Honey waffles. Honey waffles. Big lighter. Uh, more 550 cord. I'll be right back. Dog wants back. Um, in. The Blue Force gear, um, helium whisper. I don't know what they call it. A medium, maybe, maybe a large general purpose pouch. Open that up. And here, cinch type so that can be used for trauma and/or you know, to use it like a neat bandage or whatever. Pretty pretty versatile. And a uh, Survival Medic by Venture Medical, which basically has fire starting little compass, whistle, duct tape, and a uh, heat sheet. So like a base blanket type, a little heavier duty that can be used for signaling and shelter. More toilet paper, probably a little more than you need, but a um, little firefly, I guess, just a little... Uh, Whatever you want to call that. 550 cord with 10 mics. We're going to a rain. Mm -hmm. More shock cord, attaching things on the pack. Or repairing stuff, whatever, zip ties, same thing, repairs, whatever. And yet some more 550 cord. Surefire spares carrier with extra batteries. And some more 550 cord. They did say overnight batteries. Uh, Surefire white. What else we got? More duct tape. Probably like overdoing a little bit some of this stuff. Uh, Gerber. Multi-tool. I left the pouch in there for some reason. I guess maybe in case I wanted to put it on my belt. So just protect it. That's just for the radio. Little earpiece and mic. It's kind of hard to see, obviously, what it is, but goes to the, the Garmin Rhino. You can just plug it in and use a little earpiece for that. Power bar. More goo. That's it for up here. There's a little knife. Uh, more. more a knife. 
Hang out in there. So now to the inside of the pack. And again, this is set up like literally to spend the night with and or uh, whatever. So the inside contents, and again, it's not perfect. Some stuff might be duplicated or thrown in there or some stuff might be missing. Uh, got some gloves and don't really need the plastic bag in there. I just kind of threw them in there, but they're warm. Sleep in those. Little uh, head cover, sleeping. Keep your head warm. Aru, uh, this is a movie, so don't really want to get into explaining all that, but basically a real lightweight, pressable, very warm blanket. Kind of coyote on one side, multicam on the other. I can even see that. We can get into that again later, but it's multicam. Very lightweight. Kind of use that instead of a sleeping bag, as long as it's not too cold. Works pretty well though. Or if you're just setting up glasses somewhere or something. And I guess stick with the kind of shelter type stuff. So got a jacket in here. I want to say it's like a level five or something, multi-can, whatever. Jacket. Fairly thin and light, but fairly warm. It's not insulated really, but does a pretty good job of keeping wind or rain or off yet and keep it warm with layers. Multi-cam, so which is like gloves, plus four for heat. Mechanics, multi-cam gloves, but they're also leather, leather, full leather palm and everything, so pretty useful. Down at the bottom, sticking with that same theme there. Of, so that's a multi-cam poncho. So coupled with, and then of course in here there's some 550 cord. There's some uh, stakes, aluminum stakes, a bunch of different uh, stuff I need to tie it out and make a shelter out of it. But it's a, basically just a normal type poncho. It's multi-cam, so I can wear it as a poncho and use it as a shelter. It's just a tarp, whatever that is. Then we got a little stove. Little S fit stove, which is kind of self contained, has some hot chocolate in there, big lighter, some Starbucks coffee, some fuel tablets, everything we need right there to make hot drinks and/or boil water for food, like Mountain House, beef stroganoff. So, got dinner there. And these are kind of a little module of like snacks, daily stuff, whatever. Don't necessarily need all that, but gives me plenty of stuff. Uh, drink mix, uh, some beef jerky, you know, whatever assorted stuff. That's basically like the whole day's worth of food there. Uh, same thing here, some snacks and different things, drink things. Then really just the other things are some light. This is a little, I don't even know what you call that it. glow in the dark thing, you let it charge. And yeah, you can charge it up and it glows. You just need a little bit of light uh, or use around camp or whatever. It comes with a little black sleeve, you can push it in. I want to say I got that from Wiggies. 
And these are pretty cool, little Lucy. Um, you blow it up like a beach ball, but it has a LED light, low and high, for flashing. Have you seen those things before, Bob? Are you back? Yeah, I am. Um, the Yeah, the thing you blow up like a beach ball, and it's got an LED inside it. And they're like reflectives. It's like a lantern. They're really yeah. cool. They're like they're too expensive. They're like twenty-five bucks or something. But they're yeah, cool. I know. I, I've always thought if you were tent camping, that would be something really badass to have for a, a general light in the tent. Well, even in a vehicle, pushes like that. You know, it's closest to nothing. You throw it on the dashboard, and then you got light. Yeah, yeah, but it takes up so much room. Once you blow it up. Well, once you blow it up, yeah. It's a little tiny LED. Yeah, it's right. Real light. Awesome. Like a tent and or tons of stuff. Oh, and it's and it's solar powered. The best part. There's no batteries. You basically leave it out during the day, and it charges, and then you can run it all night on that charge. There are batteries in it, though. Well, really means you don't like have to replace batteries. Little uh, yeah. medical ultralight medical kit. So a couple other odds and ends put in there too. You can have some water purification tablets added in there. And maybe something else. And then finally, this isn't really needed for like a one night, but uh, more as a overnight for a couple nights, but a little um, towel to wash off and you know, odds and ends, contact stuff, which is important, um, some foot powder and toothbrush and stuff like that. And then I guess last but not least, have a bladder in there. And that's pretty much it. Is that a source? A source bladder. And I think there's also probably a couple of uh, like contractor garbage bags in there as well. Good rehearsal. Put it all back in there and we'll film it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now let's put it back in there. I'm going to film you. <laughs> So yeah, that was the raid pack, which I think are great packs. I got two of them, and uh, and his loadout for basically uses that probably for going out scouting. We'll go out with that and his optics and mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, so that way it's like a date pack. Yeah, if you get stuck somewhere, you're comfortable. You know, you don't die. Yeah, no, that's that's excellent. I mean, it's not. Yeah, so it's it's it almost is a bug out bag, but it's a bug out bag you take out for a day trip. But it's also something you could use as a bug out bag. It gives you that one day. Exactly. All right. So um, let's see. So that was the tour plan and the thing. And now we want to talk about a uh, channel over on the YouTube. So we've got a link to them in the description there. And I'm now screen sharing all my secrets here. I'll click on the link, though. And uh, I think you've mentioned this one before, this old Guy, our cheap RV living. Oops. So it used to be some other. Indeed, yeah. I remember that music so well. Yeah. It used to be some other. And then he uh, got in a fight with the guy. And uh, kind of like me and Bob getting fights all the time. And then he quit being in the channel with that other guy. Nomadic something, maybe? I forget. And uh, so this is a newer channel. But he's already got 124,000 subs on it. And uh, just a good nice channel. He goes around. He, he I've, most of the stuff I've seen is when he's doing these like interviews with people who are out there 
living in vehicles or doing road trips or vacationing or whatever it is, but converting campers and making trailers or vans or whatever it is they might be doing. Anything traveling wise, pretty much, right? Oh yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's done stuff on people who are in RVs, but other people leave living in, like say, Jeep Cherokee, minivans. Uh, he goes to these, uh, they're called rubber tramp rendezvous. Yeah, There's a whole group of people who just travel. I mean, that's what they do. I think he either invented them or he's like the big advocate for them. But yeah, they, they'll meet up in different places yeah. where the weather's nice in different parts of the year. Yeah, and, and you know, where it's uh, like pretty much free camping and shit. Like, a big thing is it's about being able to live free, right? Like, these are places where the government allows you to go up to these parks and stay overnight for free for maybe two or three days, some places a week. And then, you know, this is what they do is they just travel around. They live for free. They pay for their gas and their food. But other than that, they're in these vehicles that are, you know, comfortable homes. When you think of how people used to live back, you know, maybe 100 years ago when they lived in a sod house or something that was like eight by eight, these these vans and, and cars and shit they're living in are far, far better, far nicer. So, I mean... I, I think it's a great life. I, you know, actually that's that's the one thing I want to be doing eventually completely, just traveling. And he used to have some other kind of thing, and now he's got a van rook similar to mine. So I think that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, and he's got some really good tips on it. He's been doing it for a long time. Oh, yeah, he's really... Uh, not just knowledgeable, but he's good at getting the information across and then also very willing to get the information. It's all the inside of it. I'm pretty sure it looks, well, just looking from the main channel thing, it looks really similar to mine, just a newer one. Actually, yeah, it's, actually, it's, a, it's a nice rig. Yeah. But he definitely has the uh, the stuff going on top, which is Well, it's kind of all got the roof rack and all that. Oh, I guess there's a drive in it. Oh, roof rack. He's got solar. He's he's like really got it rigged nice. I mean, literally, he this is his home. And yeah, but like that thing driving up, you don't it doesn't shout camper for sure. Oh heck no, no. Let me get a video of it coming up on us. But yet, it you know it's quite a capable. I think it's three quarters on. It's pretty much same as yours, but maybe a little newer. Well, it's a GMC. Looks like. Huh? GMC and Chevy's are the same thing. Driving up somewhere. Oh no, now it's a Chevy. What the heck? Half the before it was now it's got a Chevy emblem. A minute ago it had a GMC emblem. What the heck? Probably just does that drive people like you crazy. No, it's a GMC. Look at that. Maybe that's two different vans. One might have been his old one. I don't have the balls to drive mine up into too many dirt roads yet, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, oh, so... Yeah, yeah, your van's quite capable of handling quite a bit of off-road. People don't understand how how uh, capable uh, a modern three-quarter ton, whether it's a van or, you know, even, even a one-ton camper, if it's not too heavy, will go quite a few places you wouldn't think. Oh, yeah. Dude, when we picked up uh, Pink's in Ohio, it was off-road where he, where he got it. So, yeah. All right. Well, again, we want to feature a different van channel each week, uh, if it's a podcast or a blog or whatever. So if you're out there and you're uh, 
digging the van life and you've got some channels that you watch, again, let us know. Let us know in the comments while we're live like this or anytime email me, G, uh, gunwebsites at gmail.com. Uh, with that, though, I think we'll wrap this one up. Oh, I guess we'll mention that we are rebuilding gun channels. So if you're a member of gun channels and you're interested in seeing an app happen, uh, right now we only have six people who are participating in the uh, fundraising. But uh, I don't have any money to pay for the app. So if we want to see an app happen, we got a couple of different over there you can support the project uh simple donation of course is always appreciated but want to get something in return we're going to be doing the gun channels trading cards i think we might have talked about that when we were talking about the stops on the tour uh we'll be making those in dallas again and then uh so grab a deck of those if you want uh if you want to do something with your brand your logo your project uh we can work on some of that either turning it into a embroidery file or a vector image and uh, help explain that to people out there and uh, we'll have some other ways on there as well. So uh, head over to there. We'll have a link to that in the description. We'll throw it out here in the uh, chats now. And uh, then, of course, we have the Gear Website Store, uh, which is uh, all of our various things that we've got as far as patches and decals and other uh, items that we've made along the way. And all those purchases do uh, keep our projects online going. And we'll eventually get us out on the road again and checking out these gun shops. Uh, Bob alluded to it a little bit before, but doing the 360 uh, videos, 360 tours, I guess, uh, will be our goal this year. And uh, we appreciate everybody that helps keep that happening. For sure, thanks very much, guys. So with that, we will see you next set Sunday, uh, same time. And I will try to get it to actually queue up to the right part. <laughs> of course. There we go.